0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of The Shakedown. Today, it's just Sam and I for a new recurring weekly episode, The Shakedown Weekly Lowdown. Today and every week, now every Tuesday, come back every Tuesday, Sam and I will be going through some things going on with the Landshake Crew, uh, how the weekend hunts went some stories that we might have heard, or some we'll swap some stories that we had from our hunts, some articles that we found interesting across the, the hunting world, and just general hypotheticals, kind of just a, a freelance podcast is what it is. So, it's going to be a short and sweet episode for you guys. Every Tuesday, we'll have these out, and make sure you always check out for our main podcast uploads on Thursdays. This week, we will have Braden and Ryan from the Landshake Crew talking about their public land hunt in kentucky and sam recorded that one with them sounds like they uh, had a really good podcast and a lot of good information to share but before we dive into this week's podcast i'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors first light go farther stay longer their gear keeps us dry keeps us warm and keeps us out in the woods longer to have better hunts next we've got browning trail cameras for the quality of these cameras and the price that you pay you can't beat what you get in return Domain food plots, we've got these food plots growing in real good this year, and we've had some great deer in them. Thorn, last but not least, has a new broadhead out this year, the XV. If you're in the market for new broadheads, we highly suggest the quality that Thorn produces. With that being said, guys, let's get right into the podcast. So this week, we're going to start off with the hunting recap from this weekend because we had quite a bit of action sam you you had lots. some action you tell us you tell us what you had first
1: <laughs> lots of action my weekend was crazy i'll be honest friday friday at about noon uh we had that cold front coming in this weekend i'm at work i'm walking fields all i can think about is how badly i want to be deer hunting and i have been talking with other people from illinois being like can i can I hunt in Illinois? You know, can a, can a non-resident hunt in Illinois? And everyone's like, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you can, blah, blah, blah. I go online. It sounds like it's like a draw or something. So I had written that off a month ago. Like I'm not hunting in Illinois. Um, that's just not going to happen this year. So really all I have down here is my bow, my bow. And I just ordered some first light camo. I texted Nate Olson, good friend of everyone from Landshake. I'm like, can you hunt over the counter? And he's like, yeah, you can definitely hunt over the counter. It's like a that's the thing in Illinois. And I was like, are you kidding me? So it's Friday at one. I'm finding out this information. I have no gear, no tree stands. Um, I, I have nothing. Unopened broadheads, all that stuff is. I mean, I I don't have any of that. It's one. I don't even have a place to hunt. It's one o'clock. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, I know who I can ask. So fortunately, that night. I drive around with a landowner who gives me permission and he drives me around his whole property. Just amazing property. Super thankful. Got super lucky. After that's done. It's about six o'clock. I drive to Shields. I get, I'm a saddle hunter. Now I'd like to announce that to everyone listening. I am a saddle hunter. (laughs) Yeggs is happy. Um, I, uh, so I drive to Shields. I get saddle, um, platform climbing sticks. I get my tag, I get back to my house. It's probably nine o'clock now. Never used a saddle before and I'm hunting in the morning, never used a saddle before, have none of this stuff out, like none of it ready. So it gets to like 1 AM. I go to bed. I wake up at 4 30, I go out and sure enough, I'm like, well, there's no better time to learn how to climb a saddle in the present. So <laughs> I'm in the dark, I crawl up this tree, learning the saddle get up i was so loud and took forever it was it was a disaster um i ended up seeing three does fast forward to the night time i get into a new spot actually on the property got really lucky it ended up being a actual like just this money spot full of big oaks deer were feeding on acorns 4 30. two does come rolling in i tell myself it's a perfect shot i'm gonna take one just because of how accomplishing that would feel you know first time well, I guess second time, first night hunt out of a saddle, mm-hmm. just to prove myself that I can shoot out of a saddle, first of all, and shoot a deer out of a saddle. This doe comes in 18 yards. She's staying a perfect broadside. I smoke her right in the heart. Well, it's 4.30, so I'm like, I hear a rundown. I hear a crash, whatever. In my mind, I'm like, I'll sit till dark. I'll deal with her. Gets the dark. I can't find any blood. I could see it pouring out of her when she ran away, but I just can't find any. It's, it's, it was ridiculous. I don't know. My phone light was, wasn't picking it up or what was going on. She runs down in the this Creek bottom and I spend, I'm I'm, in, I'm out there till 10 o'clock trying to find this deer just blind searching. Basically I'm finding blood, but not enough to where I can like follow a trail if that makes sense. Right. So I'm blind searching. Well, it gets to 10 o'clock. My phone dies. Uh, my headlamp dies. So I have nothing, no light. So I'm like, well, I'll just head back to the truck. I'll come back in the morning, come back at first light, go back to where I knew last blood was, get to that blood. And I can just see it through the woods, just spraying out both sides. I don't even have to like get down and look, I can just see the blood trail. And I, and it's amazing. I couldn't see it in the dark. Well, it turns out she went down in the Creek up the bank, and like another 50 yards on the other side. And I never even looked on that other side besides mm-hmm. when I walked back to my truck. Yeah. It turns out I walked like 10 yards from her. I got up to her and just like I feared she was destroyed by coyotes, which was, it was honestly, I mean, you as a hunter, I don't know if you've ever had a deer get eaten by coyotes,
0: but I haven't. No, I've been like in the area of coyotes where I, okay. So, like, last last year, brief brief segment in the um, story I got. Last year, I shot, and I ended up missing a buck low, but I thought I initially hit him. Um, okay. And then the only reason I thought I hit him because I wasn't sure, he kind of ran off, stopped, and then walked away slowly. I didn't see, you know, mm-hmm. the arrow go in him or whatever, but just in the moment, I couldn't tell. But then – no, I sat and waited a little bit, and then I started hearing coyotes sound off in the bottom, which is like, to me, they're either on something or they're gonna find something. Yeah. So that that initially was like, oh, so I must have wounded that buck, and he died somewhere, and now coyotes. he's getting chomped on by coyotes. But turns yeah, out it we, wasn't. Yeah, it turns out that my vein just hit, barely hit a, a branch through my shooting lane, and just deflected right underneath him. So, okay.
1: You yeah, know, it was
0: a clean miss, at least, and I gave him a little bit of a haircut underneath his belly because we found some hair. But yeah, I mean, that was about the closest I've had for an experience of, well, not even close, but yeah. what I thought was coyotes eating a deer.
1: Yeah, I stepped in the woods this morning. As soon as I, I took one step in the woods, and boom, coyotes lit up in there, and mm. it made me nervous right away. As I got closer, I could start to smell that she was opened up. I I just knew it. You could smell that that um insides you know you know what it smells like when you got yep. a ear kind of yep. I, could, I could smell that i got up to her and she was eating and it it sucks man it sucks so bad yeah just because that's that's but i I mean that's part of it and i know that it, it helped me knowing that she didn't sit out there and suffer right i knew mm-hmm. she was dead as soon as she, the arrow hit her it just it sucks to know that she was there and i just couldn't recover her,
0: you know right but well, you know, at least it didn't go to waste, like he said. And right. It, she didn't die suffering for sure. I mean, that yep. you're shooting what the new XV, right? Yep, the new Thorn crown XV. or
1: Thorn XV expandable. Yep.
0: Yep. And so it was.
1: I mean, it split her wide open.
0: There's blood everywhere. So put in, put in the work. So that's a testament yep. to the broadheads that we're shooting this year. Yeah. So a roller coaster of emotions for Sam. Yep. Uh, let's see what else did we get today or this weekend, Jerry? Good buddy, Jerry. Jerry. Shout out to he shot a doe. Uh, she's old. Like I was a really old, really old yeah. big doe. Yeah. I mean, that was a decent shot, too, from the clip he sent us. Yep,
1: he shot her right in the front shoulder, and I'm sure we'll see a YouTube video of it, too. Yep, he that'll be it, coming I mean, up here. For the angle, it's actually a really good YouTube video to watch, because for the angle, I mean, he put it
0: right where you want to. Yeah, and I so. had a situation like that for one of my, my second or third bowl buck. I think I had him at 40-some yards, and I kind of had that same angle. Okay. And just, like, right next to that brisket area where,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, that front, I guess that'd be front left on him. Yeah. Just kind of the exact same scenario that Jared had. Um, but, yeah, that was a, a solid shot, and he scores first for the Landshake crew for yep. Whitetail. He correct? did. Yep. yep. And then Sam almost got it done. but Technically. Technically. Kind of, I guess. Technically, but... Not a drag. Didn't get to meet. No. Nope. Yep. And then who else?
1: We'll go. I'll go Josh first. and you could tell your sure story. So Josh, this weekend was in Arizona and him and my uncle called in. I want to say he had, they had two sits called in six coyotes
0: shot two. So I've never, I've only, I've gone out coyote hunting with Jared and Ryan, but I've never like actually gotten a chance to shoot them. This is really hard. Isn't it? They're smart. Cutters. It is.
1: They're very smart. Very smart. And, they're hunting probably unpressured coyotes up in the mountains in Arizona, Mm
0: -hmm. but still very smart critters. It seems a little deceiving, I guess to me it's like you got a call and a little decoy out there that's, you know, flickering to me. That just seems like a free meal for a coyote. I guess I don't, I know,
1: but they, they figure it out, man. They, they come in and you know, they, they're watching. You don't
0: see them. Yeah. They're out there watching. That's something I'd like to do this year. Shoot a coyote. That's kind of on the bucket list at some point. And then for me, um, I was put on a lot of road miles this past few days and this week, trying to find some feeds for uh, field hunting, and paid off dividends. So we got into a soybean field that was actually tilled over and then now planted for winter wheat. So we couldn't drive on it, which was a little bit of a drag, but I mean, I'm still thankful nonetheless for the landowner for getting us permission on there. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the main concern with my hunt was, and I was wondering how it was going to play out is that this was all tilled over. It's basically just all, you know, dirt. There's yep. no structure. There was no, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Line in the, in the field where you could just, there's like a CRP divider. or Like yeah. some fields usually have, I guess, I don't know if there's a technical term for it. Like a Not buffer in, strip. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's probably it. Not an ag guy. So <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, but I usually hunt those because that's obviously you're easier to blend in with that. And there's not as much of a drastic, like, oh, there's three piles of brush in this field that there's nothing else in, but I mean, they just gave it up. Uh, we, we limited out an hour, a three man limit. I limited out on the first group. They landed a little bit further left than I wanted them to, to line center up for these new guys that I had coming out. So, I mean, I just got out of my limit right away move the decoys all right well i wouldn't say move the decoys we moved our blinds to kind of orient to where they wanted to be and you know those other two they had a hell of an experience and they loved it And i'm sure they'll be coming back out again but okay. yeah that was a good start to field hunting this year and then we got a little bit of a break now in waterfall season in wisconsin a few days until the 15th i think it opens back up so okay hit the buzzer beater pretty much right at the perfect time
1: and educate the, or inform the listeners. This was geese. And yes. The was limit was two a person,
0: three, a person, three, a person. Wisconsin.
1: Okay. Yep. I also, that reminds me, I believe Ryan and maybe some others, the landshake crew did some.
0: Yeah. Duckling. God's country. They went, uh, uh, Ryan and then our buddy Riley from God's country, they went out, um, on the Mississippi, okay, they did pretty well for themselves. It looked like I, they did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. it was a good call. I totally forgot about that too. Yeah. So there's that as well, but yeah. So productive, productive weekend for us this weekend. I, uh, I'm hoping a lot more like this or in our future, but mm-hmm. on addition to our recaps on the weekend, we're going to kind of highlight some stories and hypotheticals, at least in this episode, so from those of you that entered the giveaway the DSG gear from the podcast with Maya, we've got a lot of your stories and your hypotheticals here that we're going to read off some of them. I guess to start, we'll start off with the winners Shay, which we all collectively thought was a very cool story, well mm-hmm. well spoken, well written.
1: This is this yep. was the winner for everyone listening. Yep. And then and also I'm reminding everyone that we will get to everyone's post or story answer sent in.
0: Yep. So for the giveaway winner, this was her story. First year hunting with my dad, it was youth deer season and I was 12 years old. I was hunting in North Dakota in an area called Hankinson Badlands. Do you know anything about that, Sam?
1: I do not. No.
0: My dad has always wanted a boy, but nevertheless, he got two girls. However, although I was a girl, I was his boy he never had. He taught me how to hunt, fish, play baseball, teach her hunting dog, how to fetch birds and many more. After getting up early on the first day of youth deer season, my dad was explaining a few tips and tricks about deer hunting. He taught me how to spot deer, where they like to hide, how to adjust the scope and many more things. He also told me that deer hunting requires patience and that many times you won't get your deer on your first sit or even first weekend hunting. However, we are deer hunters that walk the shelter belts trails and land we have never had land of our own to put a stand at because of this we started to walk our first trail we started through the hills of hankinson where my dad had shot his first deer. he was explaining to me the th- all the things that happened during that hunt as we went 20 minutes into our walk he explained that walking the trails you may need to stop because although we may not see the deer they may think that we see them. Because of this, many times tricks them into popping up. I listen just as he told me to, stopping, walking, stopping, walking. Five minutes later, I stopped for 10 seconds, and just as he told me, to doe, upstanding broadside. I pulled my gun up and pulled the trigger. I was so excited that I didn't even hear the gun shoot. My dad told me that he thought I hit it based on the back legs of the deer and the sound that I made when I shot it. He asked me where I hit it, and I told him right behind the front shoulder, just where he told me to. After tracking the blood, I found where it was laying, and that was one of the best memories I've had with my dad, and it will be in my memories forever. So, awesome story, Shay. We all loved it. Uh, Maya was actually the one that picked it out. So, uh, we we all appreciate your submissions nonetheless, but um, I think in a story like this, we've all got a story like this, which is really cool um i think anybody can speak for it it's relatable to across all hunters and it's a universal feeling when you take that first animal
1: yeah i agree i think that's why and that's why i personally enjoyed that story so much is because it was just so like you said i think a lot of people can relate to that experience you know that kind of that memory you have with your dad or your grandpa or your mom whomever you know out in the woods and just kind of one of those Like we've talked about in previous podcasts, that turning point in hunting for you, where it was just kind of like, this is something I really, really enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. So great story. Last part of this little segment that we're doing is a little hypothetical. That was actually from my sister. So Addie, if you're listening, thank you. I have lived in a large city all my life, all through school and college and my early career. I've recently moved to a rural area for a job and my landlord has lots of hunting land. That they have offered for me to hunt in. I've never hunted before, nor do I know anyone who has. I don't know where to start to find out if it's something that I might enjoy. What are the top five things you would recommend to get started or to explore the hobby?
0: That's a good one. And it's like Very a good one. it's a rabbit hole because there there's so many more, things. It takes more than five things to get into the hobby. But in the context of the situation. Five things to get into hunting. So yeah, I, I think there's there's a there's a gear point of view and yeah. then there's uh there's a learning point of view. So for gear, right. I mean it's easy to say, yeah, you need camel, you need a bowl, you need a stand. I mean right. you really don't even need a stand, you can hunt off the ground. Like that's for, we've that's talked true. with many guests before. Um, yep. especially Brooks, he hunts off the ground all the time. It's very, very user friendly to get in. And doesn't take much effort. You just got to be well hidden with the surroundings you have with you. Right. So obviously, you know, a bow, you know, stand, camel. Um, but for how I'm going to take an angle at this is education wise. So I think Onyx is going to be something you need to download. And you need to look at the area and just start digitally looking at pieces. Second to go along with that is educate yourself on YouTube or on a podcast or, you know, just find resources and articles to just start understanding how deer move and what, what their kind of process is throughout the season. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's early season, you know, they're going to be in bachelor groups. Whereas then when it gets through October, they start to split off in their own groups. There's a, Like I said, it's a rabbit hole of information you got to find, but you got to do some legwork on your end a little bit to understand what deer movements like, what, how they behave as an animal.
1: Right. It's exactly Once you understand
0: that you could hunt them a lot better because you could start thinking like a deer and saying, oh, there's food over here and there's good bedding close by. I don't have to go very far to get a good snack without getting out of my secure area. So you could hunt that transition area between that food and that bedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another thing I think is a great tool is Facebook groups and like forums, throwing out your questions and asking many, many people are more than willing to help you. Uh, if they're not, then they're not worth anything as a hunter. Yeah. Uh, I agree. In my opinion, you, you don't knock somebody thing. down for trying to learn more information about something. So use Facebook groups as an advantage. There's plenty of them out there. There's big and small. You just post a question, say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Am I doing this right or whatever? Or am what, what do I have to do to get into it? And mm-hmm. guys will give you a laundry list of things to do and start checking off. Another thing is get to know somebody. Find somebody that you know that has at least hunted before or you know, consistently hunts. Because if you're coming from a background of no knowledge, it's better to go out with somebody for your first few times to kind of observe them and watch them hunt, in a sense, Mm -hmm. and see how they do it. And then pick up on that and carry that into your own hunting and then build off of that as well. And then the last one, I'm kind of running out of steam here. You got the last one for me?
1: No, the the last thing I'm gonna say um, to kind of wrap up this segment too, relaying off of that new hunters any hunters really is just to get out there and like i said just do it because that is 100 the only thing that's stopping people from going out there and doing it is themselves you know there is like like the mentality i brought for this brand new property here in illinois with no gear is it's not going to be ideal to learn how to do this and to learn this property and to learn how to climb the saddle. Um, I got like seven hours of sleep this weekend, Mm -hmm. but I did it and I learned so much. I learned so much about deer. I learned so much about new properties and it was awesome. So point is just do it, get out there. Experience is the number one thing. I think you're going to learn so much um, so fast if you just get out there and spend time in the woods.
0: So to wrap that up, Facebook forums, ask questions, YouTube, online articles, podcasts, use those as a resource to educate yourself, find somebody you know that you've gone with, on X hunt, digitally scout, look at properties, even go knock it on doors to even just like get your, it doesn't have to be a stellar property, but at least you get to walk out there and look for sign. And then also just get out and do it, mm-hmm. you know, be bold, Try it and you don't know what you're doing wrong until you make a mistake. You so, don't know
1: and you don't know until you don't try.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Or until you try. Is that how it goes? Continue. You don't know until you try. Yeah, I think you, you don't got know. Don't know until you try. Okay. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, Bucks and Does, Hens and Drakes, Toms and Hens, Bulls and Cows. That's gonna wrap it up here for the Shakedown Weekly Lowdown. We hope you enjoyed this little spin-off of our episodes. We'll start uploading these every Tuesday, and our main podcast will be uploaded every Thursday, at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for both of those. So we hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check all of our other podcasts out. If you're done listening to this one, check out our social medias: Instagram at Landshake, tick at the underscore Landshake, TikTok yep. at Landshake, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, like, hit the notification bell for all the videos that we got coming out. Jerry's going to have this dough video out real soon. So we're, we're excited to see that. And that is all for today, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you on Thursday.